Welcome to Popular History, a library of Catholic knowledge and insights brought to you daily. My name is Greg, and this is The First Judgment. The First Judgment, of course, is the name of the segment. This is actually the third time we've done one of these First Judgments, and this one will be a special edition because it will be covering the new cardinals recently created by Pope Francis at that consistory uh, this past weekend. For more on that, there's links in the show notes from everything from my coverage of the announcement to my coverage of each of the individual cardinals, they all got their own episode, to my commentary following up on watching the consistory itself. I decided since this is a special consistory, we should have a special guest, someone who uh, long-time listeners will be familiar with. I've had her on before, and uh, I'm sure we'll be working together again. Uh, Brie from Pontifax. So uh, let's go ahead and, uh, well, we'll hit the theme music and then we'll dive on in. I do want to apologize real quick for the audio um, basically, this was recorded on my phone because I don't always trust the internet on my computer, and I had it coming across well, and then something happened, I bumped something, and a different mic started recording, and it was not as good for the back half. So about, you know, 25 minutes in or so, you'll probably be able to tell. But, uh, yeah, so still working on some things, but, uh, anyways, let's go! <laughs> This is a popular popular podcast. Do not be afraid. All right. Hello. Welcome, Bree. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me. So we have, I don't want to beat around the bush, we have a lot of cardinals to talk about today. So many. <laughs> An intimidating number. I think we can go ahead and be kind of efficient with uh, some of them. I think there's some that we're basically going to name drop so that they're their fans can get their little cheer in. But uh, <laughs> does that sound good to you? That sounds great. I, w- I will list. Let's start with the ones that can't vote, because that's going to be something I'm going to have to stop considering at a certain point, because if I'm going back historically, obviously, none of them are going to be up to voting in any future conclaves. And some of them, you know, could vote at some point. But these are these ones in this particular instance are those that are in that more modern scenario of people who were created cardinal, but knew going in they were never going to vote in a papal conclave. In the past, it was always a possibility, you know, you could hang in there longer than the Pope, and then you'd be able to vote in a conclave. But uh, now that they've got this over 80 rule where you lose your eligibility or don't have it in the first place, well, mm-hmm. we've got three cardinals that we know aren't going to be voting. So I think we can probably rule those out. Is that uh, fair enough? Yeah, I think that they're like the honorary doctorate of cardinals. They're there for the honor, but other than that, they're not really going to get much attention as far as the the career of the church at this point. Yes, I know. I really did like um, Padron more than I was expecting to. Just something about Mm. that kind of struck me, the way he's still like an active parish priest at whatever, 84, I think. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know how that works when you're like the Archbishop Emeritus, but you're also just a parish priest. So, but yeah. I mean, he's he's doing the actual work, which is what is interesting about that. He's still doing the actual integration with the community, which is very important. Yeah. But yes, but he is full-on active parish priest just in that regular role. So that's not honorary for him, but the cardinal part is. So mm-hmm. Padron, 
um, Marketo, I believe it's pronounced, and uh, mm-hmm. Dree. I think they do have some interesting stories, but I do not think that they will be going on to the next round just by nature of things, and we've got so many to go through. Fair? Absolutely. I did like Dree. I thought he was interesting, especially in how often Francis uses him as a positive example, but it's just not enough to gain too much attention right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's one that Francis talks about enough that I actually was like, oh, that's right. That guy he keeps talking about. <laughs> Which is a good place to be. Yeah. You know, just constantly being indirectly, I guess it's not name dropped, but yeah. <laughs> Name dropped. Described. Sure. <laughs> so I did have a list that weren't over 80, but they just, I just wrote nah on my uh, sheet. <laughs> so we'll see if any of them you want to fight for. Okay. So how about Prevost, our American born cardinal who is actually Peruvian serving? Uh, no, no. And for good reason, no. I don't think he would be a good choice. That's fair. Cardinal Lex Scherig, anything? Do you like a nuncio? <laughs> well, he is the nuncio of nuncios, but no, that doesn't really excite me. All right. How about Rossi? Now, this was one I was interested in, and I thought there might be something more to talk about because I like his personal story of being very dedicated to serving the poor and his uh, dedication to social justice. But again, there are more interesting candidates. Is uh, is Ruedo Aparicio one of those more interesting candidates? No, definitely not. <laughs> not for me either. There was a little streak there that I, I did get some more interest for a while. But then I hit uh, Cardinal Bustillo, and I don't think he's going to be the one. I genuinely could find very, very little on this man. And that is telling. Uh, yes, I was I was impressed by his ability to be relatively unknown, even at this uh, stage. Exactly. That's how I felt. No, I mean, I will say, you know, part of the overall criterion is which one do you want to know more about? Because this is, you know, lining up for a deeper dive. So maybe, maybe, no. I mean, it just gives me the impression that there's nothing to tell. There you go. Just, just crickets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've ruled out about eight, I think, so far, so that's a pretty good pace. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. I do have a group of maybes, so I, I feel mm-hmm. like you're potentially more likely to latch on to one of these. Um, Gugarati, you know, the Mornuncios, Eastern Church stuff, that's always interesting. I feel the same way I do about the Nuncio of Nuncios. Like, he gives me Cherig vibes, and it's just... There isn't anything to pull there. No, that's fair. And yeah, I mean, definitely just the nature of the way they ordered these things. I talked about nuncios for like a solid week. (laughs) You would have. Yes. How about Cardinal-elect Pierre? And that's his last name. We're not talking about one of my favorites with the first part of his first name because his name's ridiculous. But this is the one with the last name. No, um, I, I did. I was a little bit interested in him because I think he was in a particularly difficult position as nuncio to the United States in the fact that there is so much conflict between the American Curia and Francis and him being a strong defender of the Pope in that role is interesting and could make for a very strong character. 
but it didn't quite win me over. It certainly does make a strong case for being made a cardinal, his, mm-hmm. uh, his role there. So he did have a solid application, but yeah, it's not really doing much for me. Exactly. How about uh, Brislin in South Africa? Again, there wasn't anything exciting or interesting. He looks like he had a pretty steady church career, but there was nothing remarkable. Yeah, the only really particularly interesting aspect of that is, I think, just the whole South Africa scenario as a whole. And that's not yes. so much him. The, well, African, South African, and and better representation of other parts of the world that are not North America and Europe is mm-hmm. always very interesting. But we want to shy away from tokenism at the same time. Kobo Kano, do anything for you? Kobo Kuyas? <laughs> He's in the probably not category for me. I do think he is interesting for having a larger role in conversations about the sex abuse scandals. He seems to be very active in that. But he is also quite controversial due to his own lack of experience. When he was made an archbishop, his own community was very concerned. So that is a little bit um, alarming. Yeah, you'd, you'd think that would be a ringer because he was the auxiliary in Madrid, right? And it's, yeah. Yeah. Just apparently not the way things work there. They need a, a different archbishop to come in. Exactly. Okay. Um, now, the one who I could definitely tell, it's got to be the name, right? I did find another Bishop Francis, but it just, yes. I love that there's a Cardinal-elect Francis now and soon to be a Cardinal Francis to go with our Pope Francis. That also makes it very difficult to find things about him because it just sends you everything about Francis. I will say also that was the most annoying one of these to write just because I got to say Francis a lot and Mm -hmm. trying to not make it confusing. Yeah, I I think he's actually more of a no than a maybe, but I did have him in my maybes. Yeah, he's, he's not compelling. Or maybe he is and we're just missing it under all of the Francis information. Oh, boy. All right. So we are getting to the ones that are definitely the higher tiers for me. Mm-hmm. Some some that I would actually consider yeses that I'd be willing to say yes to. Now, I do have like a yes and I will fight for this group <laughs> and a yes if Bree fights for it group. So okay. <laughs> I think if we're kind of, you know, raising the bar progressively as we go, I think the thing to do is I'll start with my yes if Brie fights for it group. That's so, the way to go. Yes. So basically, <laughs> these ones, for whatever reason, they sort of had a theme of, I just had one or maybe two things about them that I really wanted to know more about and to dig in more on that I just wasn't able to drill into. But okay. otherwise, it's not like they're overall making a huge impact on me. Right. Amayu. I figured you would be particularly interested in this one. And I was interested in in him to a certain degree, but he's sort of in my maybe file because I'm very interested in the fact that there's a lot of controversial rumors about him. Yes. That is something that's absolutely worth talking about. When there when you tell me that there is a cardinal elect who is rumored to have six children, I wanna know about that. That's what I want to know. I want to know where they allegedly go to school, although I guess that <laughs> sounds weird. But, like, tell me more about these six alleged children. 
Yeah, where are these six alleged children? How does this, how does that number even come out? There's something to be said for that. I also think he's interesting because he's had a lot of outside of church activity. Like he's part of a lot of things that are quite secular in his. I mean, clearly he's got six kids. <laughs> exactly. So there are some points about him that are interesting. He's sort mm -hmm. of threshold for me. I mm -hmm. don't know if I want to fight for him yet, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would describe him as sort of threshold as well. So we might, uh, we'll put a pin in that and maybe we'll revisit if we don't uh, agree on the rest, but we'll see. Right. All right. How about Cardinal Rugambwa? Because I need to figure out what's going on with this name thing, because he is not the first Cardinal Rugambwa, and it does not <laughs> appear to be a common name. I'm not sure if a family relation is quite enough to to snag me in. But that's the thing. As near as I can tell, it's not a family relation. It was just like one of his relatives was a fan of the other cardinal. But then there's <laughs> also a nuncio with that name. And like I couldn't even find like soccer players. Normally you can find like soccer players with a you know, a last name if you're looking on Wikipedia. But there are three Rugambwas on English language, at least Wikipedia, and they're all high-ranking churchmen, and I don't know what's up with that. So was the original Rugambwa someone who was absolutely fantastic? Is he is he on the way to be beatified? Is there I, anything? It may just be a national pride thing because I think he was the right. first. Is it Tanzanian cardinal? Mm, yeah, but, I, but I, that's less exciting. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. I do want to figure out like what the connection is, if any, apart from just in the case of the two cardinals, I think it's straight up the name thing. But there's also this this nuncio out there who is not a cardinal. I want to figure out stuff with that. Naming coincidence or six children? Hmm. Mm. I got to go six children. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. That's not the most mysterious mystery. Mm -hmm. Now, the third one on this list of mysteries He's the closest one to a solid yes we've we've uh, brought up so far. So, Artime. Tell me why. So, I couldn't get this fact out of my head once I saw it, because it is a hit fact. He has to be the most traveled person either of us have discussed on a podcast. And I'm counting, like, John Paul II mm. in that. Because, <laughs> apparently, he visited... 196 countries when he was directing the Salesians. So I just, I want to know what that job is like, because it's like, that's a lot of travel. That's, yes, I mean, it could be interesting, but it could also just be like the Nuncio, right? It could mm -hmm. just be like Cherry, where it's not quite as exciting as it sounds it's just a bunch of places doing a bunch right. of mundane things in a bunch of places it's impressive certainly but that doesn't always mean a good story that's fair that's fair the other the other part of him that's interesting that makes him kind of a two mystery person for me is a lot of these cardinals elect you know what they're going to be doing in a few years or at least you have a very strong idea mm-hmm He's got a, you know, he's basically already handed in his resignation letter as director of the Salesians. And I don't have right. much of a clue what he's going to be doing as a cardinal. Um, mm. But clearly he's going to be doing something different. 
So maybe helping direct religious orders. Going to those last couple countries he hasn't done yet? Yeah, yeah, you know, That's making his, his stopover in Antarctica. Yes, why not? He's honestly probably been there. 196 is a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I think I think we're going to start really having some discussions. Because are you okay with uh, going ahead and saying nah on all the ones so far and leaving it to the top five? I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, now it's time to get real. Because I'll go ahead and just give the names of the top five. Fernandez, yep. Pizza Bala, Rij, Chow. I keep wanting to say Cho. <laughs> and Alves Aguiar. We are on the same page. Those are the ones that are bolded on my list. So, yes, uh, my pronunciation gets a workout. Um, if I pronounce things differently on the episode versus here. Go with the episode because that's the time when I research the pronunciation. In this case, <laughs> I just tried to give myself all. Totally fine. Yes. Okay. So we've got our heavy hitters and some more uh, more clear favorites. They're all kind of in the same order as they are in the announcing list. So let's just talk about them each in sort of that order that they were announced. Mm-hmm. So Fernandez. I knew was going to do well, and I think you knew was going to do well, just because. Oh yes, <laughs> he has made quite a splash, especially for people who like to be amused by things. <laughs> well, this man is having quite a meteoric rise this year, mm-hmm. and it's it's fairly impressive. He's also got clearly a very close tie to Francis, so Francis is sort of publicly displaying a level of faith and trust and investiture in this man. And how, how could I not want to learn more about somebody who is a ghost writer for Pope Francis? Yes. So therefore is clearly theologically and politically or ideologically aligned with Francis. And then also wrote a book called Heal Me With Your Mouth. <laughs> I mean... It's, That's right up my alley. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Cardinal, heal me with your mouth. Yes. And he also, I mean, you know, there are people that are kind of rending their garments at the idea of someone, you know, writing something called Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of Kissing. Um, <laughs> right? And I mean, you know, I can't, usually I, you know, it's like, it's fine. Like, you know, whatever, do your thing. Um, in this case, I can't really blame them for having a, a mild conniption um because it is eyebrow raising for sure it's not it's not as scandalous as they would make you say it definitely made me look twice for yeah, sure it is double take territory now the other thing is the i think it's an encyclical it might be an apostolic exhortation or something um editor greg might chime in here to tell you what it actually is sure sure it's a post-synodal apostolic exhortation but uh Amoris Letizia, um, that mm-hmm. pretty controversial document from Francis's earlier years, yes, papacy. That is one of the uh, the main marquee ghostwriting credit for yes. Cardinal Elect Fernandez. So having that on his resume is certainly interesting because that's one that you know Dad had heard about at the time, and that's usually my my benchmark. 
for something as fairly big church news if dad heard about it. It continues to come out and be large church news. This is still a document that people are having ongoing debates about. And that is what's most interesting to me, because that was sort of at the beginning when Francis was really sort of setting the tone for what his papacy was going to be like and how he was going to move forward with all the different aspects of what it means to be Pope. And that was so fascinating to me. So I definitely want to know more about him if he was involved in that. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget that this is this is the man who's the head of the Inquisition. Yes, a, an office with a history <laughs> quite like no other. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cardinal Fang, for example, is in his uh, lineage um, mm. because no one <laughs> expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> well, I certainly didn't expect him in the Spa in the Inquisition for sure, but it was. He just, there's clearly more there. There is a lot of, like I said, personal investment from Francis, which means he is telling the world that this is somebody to watch. Who are we to ignore that? And you get that sense with the timing as well, because it was the same week that he was announced as the new head of the CDF, historically the Inquisition, the Holy Office. Yes. That Pope Francis announced this batch of new cardinals. And I really do feel like, it was announced in part because he wanted to give Fernandez that that seal of approval basically right off the bat, which obviously, I mean, he gets it by nature of the office and that role anyways. But, you know, he got that letter basically on his mm -hmm. desk saying, I want you to do things a little bit differently, um, which is self-telling. The old head of the CDF is running around saying things that are a bit eyebrow raising now, not at uh, Vigano level, but uh, anyways. Ugh, ew. <laughs> you said it. I had to cite you. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Just that reflex. Mm hmm. He's he's the um. Oh, the, who's the the vice president that has the volcano layer? What? Oh. oh, goodness. I the only volcano layer that I'm thinking of is in Austin Powers. Oh, no, no, it's um, it's from Totalis Ranking American Presidents. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, um, the Southern Senator. Yeah. Oh, give me a I sec. I, I got to look that up. It's the one who looks absolutely unhinged. Oh, thank you. Yes. So it's like... Calhoun, that's it. John C. Calhoun. Yes. Okay. So it's like it's like John C. Calhoun um, with the volcano yes. layer. And my favorite meme where it says John C. Calhoun looks like he just saw a picture of John C. Calhoun. <laughs> accurate hey funny story you may not want to put this in your podcast but you know our wonderful historian that we use regularly horace k man yes he looks a lot like john c calhoun <laughs> oh fantastic fantastic yeah when i when i did that uh looking into that i was a little bit um surprised i will send you a picture on discord for later okay awesome my my favorite historical personage representation is a uh, hegel because there's that one portrayal of hegel that absolute crypt keeper like his skin looks green <laughs> i love it okay i think that's a good overall discussion on uh, fernandez yes. so absolutely how about my boy i will fight for this one pierre batista pizzaballa okay so i'm gonna make you fight for him because 
I don't think I'm as impressed as you are. You're going to fight for him. You're going to have to tell me why. Okay. Well, first off, his name is fantastic. You know what I know what everybody knows it. They're all saying it. People are saying his name is fantastic. Okay. Absolutely. Sorry. I don't know why I was channeling my inner Trump there. I promise (laughs) I don't have much of an inner Trump. Anyways, he does need to get on Duolingo to learn Arabic. To say the least. If he does that, then that's going to push him over the top, right? I'll put it to you this way. I am a sucker for a good story. And anyone making religious waves in the Holy Land, that's going to be a story you can talk about for a while. That is true. He is going to make some waves. (laughs) You're seeming like you're uh, not quite as bullish on him. So I will I say, you know, he he did take part, for what it's worth, in uh, protests against one of the walls going up in Jerusalem, um, dividing East City and the rest, sort of the, uh, what was called at the time, sort of an apartheid wall. So he mm-hmm. did take part in those protests. So if that nuances things a bit, then that's uh, worth considering. But I, I take it. Um, yeah, it seems like we went from a lot of the senior churchmen in that area are drawn from the Arabic Christian tradition, right? They're typically Arabic speakers. And yeah. in his case, he's decidedly more on the Hebrew camp, but he is, um, yeah, you know, I am not See, I... believing my own case as I'm making it. <laughs> You know, the thing about him to me is he just seems really ill-suited for the job that he's in. And I know that that also could make an interesting story. So I do see your point there. Mm -hmm. But he's been sort of controversially appointed to a role that has traditionally gone to the ethnic group that, that it's been representing. And so it feels a bit like I think I wonder at this choice. I really do. Is it that he's the only candidate available who is somewhat qualified at this point? Because mm-hmm. he seems like like they've just taken someone from, let's say, California and flunked them in Texas and said, okay, figure yeah. out how to do everything. Like the the culture and the nuance and the experience that you would have to have seems a little bit potentially lacking and at least from what I've been able to find about him so it just it makes me a little (laughs) hesitant about him that maybe he doesn't have all the cred maybe he lied on his resume a little bit (laughs) oh my goodness well one indisputable part of his resume is he was involved in setting up the uh, peace prayer um, in the mm-hmm. Vatican Gardens yes. in uh, 2014 with the Israeli president and the Palestinian leader. Um, so that, that I mean, that is that is a resume item. Now, is that to catapult you to the absolute A-list? I mean, no, but that's that's a hard little prayer summit to get together. This is true, and I will acknowledge that. And I know you want to fight for him. The only way that I'm going to... Let me have this one. I, I will give it to you on the understanding that this is sort of like when you know you're going to watch a a plane crash or a you know a dumpster fire 
you're you're watching it and you want to know more purely because the hot goss is coming, the tea's about to be spilled, and you want to be on the front lines for it. You know, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I did say, and I guess really when I listen to myself say it, the entertainment value you get from watching um, religious conflict in the Holy Land is its own reward. I, I'm a terrible. Oh yeah, that's phrasing. That I does put a whole. Cold light of day. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's that's not. It's more like it's not the conflict in the Holy Land that would be entertaining. It's like the office drama. You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to watch the conflict. I want to watch the the drama between the, the secretary and and I don't know scheduling meetings like the the office drama that level of conflict the admin yes yes the ladder that doesn't get moved at the church of the holy sepulcher because they decided that they're just going to freeze things in place so they stop fighting like that kind of detail or like you know maybe the power goes out or something and they can't get the power back on because technician who's come to fix the power only speaks Arabic. And so this man cannot direct him to turn the power back on because they don't speak the same language. <laughs> He'll just have Cardinal Kryevsky come back over and turn the power back on. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's move on. How about <laughs> yeah. Reeve? I think he's my favorite of the bunch, actually. Oh. Now I yeah. will I will note. He actually appears to be everyone's favorite, or maybe he's the one that made everyone <laughs> stop listening, because he is the most downloaded episode um, since I started the Daily Show aspect. Oh! So, yes. Now that's sort of like being the biggest minnow in the sea, because the podcast does have plenty of room to grow. But yes, he, is the mo- he has the most downloads of all of these uh, cardinals. Yeah, I think he's I think he's interesting and I think that the reason that he's interesting is because he aligns with the people that I am the most interested in in the church, which is Francis and Cardinal Krajewski. He follows this model that they've sort of set out in terms of behavior mm-hmm. and actions and setting an example and living by this example mm-hmm. that makes me want to know more about him. And the fact The fact that this man personally looked into accusations of cover-up of abuse by Pope John Paul II, which is Mm -hmm. just throwing yourself in the firing squad, tells me that he's got a backbone of steel. Yes, and 50 books to his name, which I just barely mentioned in the side. Crazy. You think he's a shoe-in for me? He's an absolute yes. I'm going to hold off to give us some drama, but uh, yes, he's he's got the spot, I think. All right. Before we go advancing anyone, let's talk about the last two that we haven't discussed yet, apart from just, I guess, mm-hmm. that name drop. So how about Cardinal Chow? Hong Kong. There is drama there. China. All of the, yeah. all of the reintegration controversy, the ticking clock on the... Uh, one country, two systems. Mm-hmm. What's not to love? Well, I think in this case, what makes him interesting is he's sort of the opposite of Pizza Bala. Mm-hmm. He didn't want the mm-hmm. role he wasn't suited for, so he went and made himself suited for the role. He's 
a very mm. educated man. He's been very he, he the way he advocates for his people, but also his political relations with China and with the rest of the world makes him very interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that there are some concerns about him being slightly too conciliatory with China, but yeah. And that's that's a shift. It's a shift, but it's because like you see you see like Cardinal Zen, um, definitely a different tack on that. Um, so it's, yeah. I think it's sort of like a Fernandez situation, you know, with that uh, with the uh, Inquisition taking a shift mm -hmm. um, the the China policy, and this may even be a a harder turn, which I guess is easy to say because I haven't really seen um, Fernandez do any um, CDFing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like, he's actually visited the mainland, which does have to, you know, get approval that historically um, bishops are either on good terms with the Vatican or they're on good terms with Beijing. Generally yes. is how that works. And mm -hmm. it's hard to find much that has thumbs up from both just because there is that sort of administrative power struggle. They both want to have the sort of fundamental loyalty of the Chinese Catholic community and you've got your nation and you've got your church. And it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's the sort of struggles that historically played out, you know, with the investiture controversy that I yeah. knew had some fun with before long, but mm -hmm. literally it's still a thing in the modern world. They still fight over who gets to appoint bishops. Absolutely. And I think if he, in the role that he's in, he's going to play a very large role in however that plays out. So it makes him one to watch. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the real popcorn comes out with uh, Alves Aguiar, because, yeah. my goodness, the word socialist pops up early in his resume, and yes. he does not back down from it. He's not, a, yeah. he's not you know, a flag-waving commie, yeah. but he, he held political office for yeah. a stripe of the Socialist Party in Portugal, which is different than, you know, just, you know, set aside your assumptions that it is the dominant political party there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly eyebrow raising. And then he's also the one that, I mean, just bring on the controversy, I guess, because he's also the yes. one with World Youth Day that said he does not want to bring people to Jesus or anything like that at all. So yeah. And it's so it's so funny you say that, like set aside your assumptions about socialism, because like I'm Canadian and we have a totally different <laughs> perspective on that word. It was the word that made me go, ooh, maybe he'll be interesting. And and I also had such a strong to me, the World Youth Day quote mm -hmm. had such an obvious meaning that people were it felt like they were deliberately misunderstanding mm -hmm. what he said. Mm -hmm. It was he's talking about not being a car salesman, right? Like he's talking about not pushing people. You don't need yeah. to you don't have to convert young people to Christ. Like let them find it. He's he's chill about it because he understands the power of what he's doing. And so mm. the fact that it sparked controversy, I like it. I think he's really interesting. Yeah, I I think it's the I think it's the not anything like that at all that was coming off a little strong from that because it's one thing to say, you know, that's not that's not really the focus here to like we don't want to do anything like that at all. Um that's where it's like I feel like 
I mean, yeah. you're supposed to be doing some of that, aren't you? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. yeah he's, he's not, I don't know. I just, it, it's the way that it came across was like he's talking about, because this is, this is an event about the youth, right? If the, pe- mm-hmm. the people who are there are already have the door open to this in their life, to Catholicism in their life, right. to God in their life. So he's not, he's talking about this event where people are already to a, to at least a minimal degree buying in. And he's talking about yes. not pushing that because that can be very alienating. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It's not like they're saying, oh, I was going to go to the G this weekend, but I guess I decided to go to World Youth Day because I heard it would be chill. Well, yeah, I heard it would be chill because there was a street preacher out on the street who yelled at me. That's never going to happen. But, you know, you go to the chill adult that you trust who gives you some guidance and lets you make your own decisions. Those are the decisions that's going to matter in your life. And I think he's representing a less aggressive press about religion and what he's saying, especially as somebody who has so much secular experience. In media. Yeah, and he's talking about something that's like very relevant to the people who were not born into Catholicism, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I like it. Yeah. Well, and there is very much the admin nerd in me. So another (laughs) nuance with him and his overall situation is he is going to be, and this is another case where I think he's probably going to end up in a different position, right? You check in on him a year from now. I feel like he will probably not still be one of these several, like, you know, auxiliary, you know, assistant bishops of Lisbon, because there is yeah. a new patriarch of Lisbon in town, or it's going to be, and he isn't a cardinal. So he's got sort of his subordinate outranking him, which is another just interesting thing. How Pope Francis really does like to defy expectations with some of these appointments. It's hard to predict what mm-hmm. he's going to do next. Yeah, that makes him interesting. Yes. Now, I do want to actually, I think I'm going to bump up something that I was going to do at the end. Because okay. that is kind of a nice transition to breathe. I want mm-hmm. you to place in your mind, um, I know you have a white phone somewhere in your podcasting office, which is obviously your direct hotline. With the Pope. Uh, right? Yeah. So. Sure. I wish. So the phone is ringing. And so it's Pope Francis. It is no surprise that it's Pope Francis because it is the Pope Francis phone. <laughs> but he says, uh, hello, um, Bri from Pontifax. And he calls you Bri, um, but you're probably not going to correct him. I would not correct the Holy Father. I'll be Bri forever. <laughs> You got the Pontifax part correct. That's the important bit. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the question is, if Pope Francis asks, he says, you know, I have many thoughts in common with you. I'm a big fan. I listen to the show regularly. I want to create a new spite cardinal because I have heard that Archbishop Ganswain hates you because you (laughs) rank popes. And I would like to make you a spite cardinal. Will you be my spite cardinal? I mean, how how fast can I accept this role? <laughs> Very quickly. 
All right. There we go. It's done. <laughs> now, that that is a fictional scenario, guys. Just so you know, this is not breaking news. That wasn't actually Pope Francis. <laughs> but I guess the other thing to keep in mind, and I did just want to, you could tell why I just wanted to drop that on you and just see your, your, uh, your reaction, your response. Absolutely. But uh, th- one of the things that's fascinating with this is I think it's because of the nature of being a cardinal as fundamentally an honorific, right? It does have a mm-hmm. little bit of extra ability in terms of being able to vote in a conclave, but like you don't get asked if you want your show to be nominated for an award, right? Or if you want True. to win. Um, you just kind of receive that and you find out about it secondhand. Several of these cardinals, it's apparent that there isn't that phone call beforehand. Yes. So, yes, definitely. Yes. My my favorite is the one where he just genuinely thought that they didn't like understand because the people he was talking with, like their English wasn't very good and they had seen it in English and he just thought that they were confused. He's like, "No, no, I'm I'm the bishop, I'm not not a cardinal." Like, "No, but you are." <laughs> you will be. <laughs> my absolute favorite is the one where a cardinal who was in kind of a semi-war zone scenario. It's like, there were various reports about him, false reports anyways. So, like, last year he had to deal with rumors that he was dead. Mm-hmm. And this and this time around, he was like, oh, now I have to deal with rumors that I'm a cardinal? And he's like, oh, wait, no, okay, that one, that's actually true. Amazing. I love it. But yes. Okay, so tangent over. That's our intermission to help build tension, because... Three, we are only leaving with three. Yeah. Three Cardinals can make it to the next round. So, who's it going to be? Right. Let's see. All right. Well, let's see how much overlap we have between our three. Because if I was picking three right now, it would be Mm -hmm. Hernandez, Riche, and Alves Aguar. Oh, cutting Cardinal Chow. I would be... But it's a hard cut. Who's yes. your three? I think you're gonna you're gonna make me you're gonna force my hand and I even acknowledge <laughs> it as I was talking. I want to say Pierre Batista Pizzabala as many times as I can. And I will find <laughs> other opportunities to say Pierre Batista Pizzabala. I promise you that, Pierre Batista Pizzabala. You will go on in my memory, but I do not think you will make it past the first judgment. For sure. I just want you to take and make a little editing montage of you just saying Pierre Batista Pizzabala as many times as you can and just like put it as like a ringtone. Oh, trust me. That is already a thing. (laughs) So I. Mm. There's going to be some hard decisions. I think I, w- I would, just by my nature and by my inclinations, I think my list would have Cho over Rige. So I think we can lock in Ooh. Alves Aguiar and Fernandez, and I think we kind of knew Fernandez was going on yeah. already. Yeah. And Alves Aguiar, sort of towards the, the bottom part of the list, kind of does does tie that together nicely. Fair. You know, as I think about it, you know, you're not going pizza bala, so I feel better about this. But I will give you chow on the understanding that we already have a Francis, we already have a Krajewski, 
And more people of that vein is a good thing. And even though he's my favorite, I know that that's the kind of person who's who's going to make news for himself anyways. So mm. maybe we watch Chow a little closer. Okay. And I'm also happy that you and I will not be in schism. <laughs> We're going to have to figure this out in some fashion. I, dec- <laughs> I decided I'm not going to do the uh, the coin toss because okay. I will have rotating co-host sort of things anyways. So right. I think I'm going to go with straight up Rex Factor rules where if they don't all agree, then it does not happen. Okay. But, all right. So... The three we have advancing to the next round are Fernandez, Chow, and Alves Aguiar. I can get on board with that. All right. I do have, if you have just two more minutes, I do have a little bit more I'd like to chat about. Yeah. Just one more thing. I want to take this opportunity to reveal what I think is going to be one of my categories for when we move beyond the first judgment to the second judgment or whatever I call that second round when I'm actually rating Cardinals by categories because I cannot resist a pun, as you know. I love a pun. And I think I do have a pun in House of Card (laughs) because we need to know, was this Cardinal... A vital piece of the puzzle. Would things have collapsed without their efforts? If you replaced them with the flower pot, would things fall down? So that can be the House of Card score. I would applaud, but I know what that does to audio. So invisible applause for the A-plus dad pun. (laughs) I had to throw in that flower pot verbiage because one of the most recent titles that I learned about, I don't think you're going to find it on official bios, but I recently went back to altar serving with my kids, um, just oh. as, you know, basically a way to help sort of bond with them because they were all, you know, they all like to altar serve. So I was like, well, I can go up and serve with them. And the first time I decided, like, hey, you know, could I could I join in? Um, the deacon looked at me and he looked at the master of ceremonies, sort of the altar server coordinator guy, and he said flower pot and the guy said flower pot so i got to be a flower pot which is someone that just stands there has no other roles amazing but they wear the they wear the garb and they stand when you stand and sit when you sit and that is the flower pot role so i guess that is the absolute bottom rung i love it it is fantastic you should be so very proud i am extremely proud um and my kids excel me um, because they occasionally get to hold candles and things. But uh, yes, I have, I have been flower potting a bit. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. <laughs>